0: This is Raymond J. Barry, and you are listening to TV Confidential. Go into any head neighborhood supermarket and take a look at the cookie section. (laughs) Looks like a war zone. Half the packages are open. (laughs) And all the good cookies are gone, man. There's always lots of local cookies, (laughs) Jim's cookies. (laughs) 62 varieties. Man, if you can't make cookies in 62 tries, leave me out of it. Ed Roberts, with a reminder, that comedy writer Martha Bolton will join us beginning at the top of the hour. We hope you stay tuned for that. In the meantime, Tony Figueroa is with us as we round out this hour. Tony and Donna normally bring us this week in TV history. This particular conversation was recorded about a year ago, just before the pandemic. It was during a week in which Donna was out of town and therefore could not participate in the conversation as she normally would we were talking about tony and donna's experience auditioning as a couple for various roles it was one of those conversations that we had with the microphones going that organically turned into a topic for our program
1: uh it is f- funny because there's stuff that we work to get we work together here obviously and uh, there's stuff that we do independently when we were in new york at the uh, apac convention audiobook uh publishers association convention, convention. so it's the apa The event is APAC, A-P-A-C, and there are a lot of mixers when you go because in the daytime there's conferences, there's classes, there's uh, networking opportunities, but there are a lot of mixers after hours. Uh, Different uh, groups will pick a, a location somewhere near the theater district of New York That also includes the Screen Actors Guild Mm -hmm. because they have a whole section dedicated to audiobooks. So they'll take this bar in the theater district and they have the back room for everyone to network. And people are always coming and say, well, do the two of you ever do audiobooks together? And we go, no. So do you want to? Yeah. But, you know, the opportunities aren't there. So I'm hoping down the line that we'll get to, there'll be some material where we could work off of each other that way. It's also very funny. Um, Both of us auditioned commercially and there seems to be, um, when we were young, Gur.
0: Yes. I was going to say, you're still young.
1: We're still young. <laughs> um, we feel young. Uh, but when we were... That's
0: half the battle.
1: Let's just say a couple of decades ago, mm-hmm. when we first got uh, the same commercial agent, mm-hmm. and there was a commercial for, I, I won't use names, because I would like to work with these yes. people, uh, but imagine that fast food... Jim's plate. Cookies. 72 Jim's flavors. Cookies. Yeah. <laughs> Well, let's just say Jim's Burgers or Jim's Department Store.
0: Uh, 72 locations.
1: Yes. You know, the fast food place, the department store, uh, the bank. uh, Some of these companies. Jim's Bank. Jim's Bank. (laughs) Bank of Jim. (laughs) I don't know whether I would put my money in Jim's Bank. Yes. But, you know, when we were starting to, when we had the same agent, and I think only Ikea, the Swedish furniture would show a couple like Donna and I in a commercial. Oh, okay. Okay, and this is something you know that you know when we're talking diversity, uh, that because they would feel that most companies remember a couple of years ago there was a, a I, I will mention Cheerios because you know I, I I'm not going to say a. a A a, a popular uh, cereal brand. Well,
0: you can because that that was in the news and on on TV. In fact, we may have even covered that on the You know what? We
1: did. We did because it it, it started a group called We Are the 15%, Yeah. which uh, there's, uh, I guess, demographically speaking, I wonder if those numbers have actually grown, but there was a controversy over uh, an interracial couple in a Cheerios uh, commercial, uh, which puts things in perspective because that bank would not want to use, or we would show up for the same audition, but it would be Donna, you go with this guy, Tony, you go with this guy. Yeah. And it was all Donna and I would joke because I had like this stock set of spouses for these uh, auditions and they all, you know, basically had the same ethnically ambiguous uh, somewhere between Gloria Rubin and J.Lo, usually would be the, the stock spouse. And Donna would usually be paired with a very handsome African-American gentleman that would be like at least a foot taller than me. And so there was like, you know, it would be funny because I would go to another audition and I would have uh, a variation of the same theme wife. Donna would often get oh, I get, you know, husband number two again. You know, it was usually, it was the same stable of talent.
0: Yeah, Mo- Modern Family parodied that about a year ago. Yeah, um, and they are very good at it. Yeah, they had uh, Phil and Gloria decide to pursue a career as models. And so they do, they show up at a cold audition and they figure, okay, we're going to play an interracial couple. So we figure we should be naturals. But what happened, as you just said, is, okay, we like her, but let's get another guy for him. And so yeah. they start mixing it up. So it was kind of funny when saw they saw well, the yeah, that. You, we would
1: have that. And remember, this was before the uh Cheerios thing. And uh they would always there was a certain type that they would pair me with. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times uh I would go out on these auditions as dad, but they would never and Donna would go out on audition as mom, but yeah. they would never think of us as you know as mom right. and dad. They were never looking for uh that child that looked like They could be our offspring right? and just, it's funny because of my name, you know, I would tend to, I would sometimes audition for, you know, the major brands in English and Spanish. And uh, there was a time I went, uh, let's just call it a a popular fast food franchise. Mm -hmm. And I was in a room full of people of different persuasions. And there was like one of each, there would be the African American woman, the Asian guy, uh, me and then the tall Nordic girl. And they said, please wait, please wait. Please. And we're going, you know, we're looking at our watches. There are rules about how much time the process should take, uh, or, you know, we start getting paid, uh, thanks to uh SAG-AFTRA. So we're not going to sit around forever, uh, you know, for, and then, you know, uh, going, what's going on. And then it would be like this Nordic guy came in and then some- and they go, Oh, and they put the Nordic guy with the Nordic girl, and they go in, and then an African American guy comes in, and then he put him with. And we're going. Oh, they didn't even. They didn't want us to saw audition with who they wanted to. You know, it's kind of this little uh, ethnic Noah's Ark thing going on. And and all due respect to this particular company, but they wanted to pair couples that you know were, were similar, and it was kind of a, a a thing with them. Recently, though, we have noticed that. Um, for our age group, they are looking for interracial couples, well. but they're also looking for real interracial couples, and so I think that's that's kind of yeah. You know, but it's interesting that they're actually looking for real couples, yeah. and so the, you know the, that trend has been and going on, and so we've been uh, doing some stuff on that vein. But it's also we're at the age where it, was, it feels like a few years ago, I was the dad taking the kid to Denny's. Right, and I could be single dad yeah. or casual. You know, now uh, it's like we're the parents that now are, are going to uh, convert Junior's room into the man cave or we're or, debate. Or, or, I want it to be the man cave. She wants it to be the sewing and that's,
0: room. And that's based on, I'm guessing, uh-huh. that's based on what the casting director that you're auditioning for kind of... <sniffs> Yeah. Sees. Okay. I, you know, Tony, I see you as Jim, who's redecorating yep, where, where, his office. Where we have gone out, uh, the times that we have gone out
1: together, I'd say a good portion of that is the empty nesters. Yeah, not the parents, the empty nesters. Yeah. You know, very specific demographic there and i am sure when we get slightly older there'll be a whole slew of pharmaceuticals will be auditioning yeah for but him.
0: but you're not necessarily auditioning for those roles but yeah you're, but you're in the room and you know tony i liked your read but i think you would be even better for something that i'm going to book tomorrow
1: that 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 is a big part of the process mm-hmm. it's not what you're currently you're auditioning for yeah. the next thing which, you know, you tell a lot of actors that, oh, I'm not right for the go anyway, yeah. because you're auditioning for the next thing. Uh, you know, and if it is, you know, Junior moving out and I'm the empty nester, it could just be a matter of, do I look like a guy who would be measuring the room with a tape
0: measure? And If you, were, if you go in with the audition with the glasses you're wearing right now, yes. Yeah. but Take the glasses off? No. Tony's wearing glasses. He looks really cool. You can't see this because this is radio. But yeah. Tony doesn't always wear glasses when he does this segment. No, but I'm
1: I'm more comfortable with it. yeah because I I often am uh, in contact. Yes. Uh. So because oh,
0: that's right. You do wear contacts.
1: I do wear a I wear a a contact.
0: Actually, you're wearing like old school <laughs> Oh, I love it. The, the, and frames. these are
1: these are I, I will plug Ray Bans because I'm yeah. a fan of the brand. And these are. These are Ray-Ban sunglasses, which I had my prescriptions put in, and they are—they're like me. They're polarizing and progressive. Yeah, and yeah, and I—I I love them. I get a lot of compliments on them. They are so comfortable. My dad—my
0: dad had a set of frames like that in like the '60s.
1: Yeah, and so I think they're very—they're very retro in, yeah. in many ways. Uh, but retro these are,
0: and contemporary. But I have another
1: pair of Ray-Bans that are my around the house glasses. Yeah. And these are my leaving the house glasses. So if you see me. If I'm wearing them on uh, on Instagram or on Facebook, these are the ones I'm wearing. Do you, I, you keep
0: a Do you keep a spare pair of glasses in your car just in case?
1: I have a pair of uh, prescription sunglasses, yeah. uh, emergency pair, and and Donna has an emergency pair in the car. Uh, that, I have learned to do. I have learned yeah. to do that. Yes. I have I have uh, my my uh, prescription in my regular sunglasses when I'm not wearing these, but I have like an older pair, slightly older prescription in the car just in case. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I never understood the appeal of Ray-Bans Everyone was, until I, I got my first pair. And it's like, oh, I get it. Yeah. Uh, and so I've been very, very loyal, but uh, I love having them as my reading glasses as well with the prescription. And yeah, I've, I've had a few auditions. These are not the best because of reflection purposes. So I have a, another pair that is not uh, quite uh, problematic, but uh, yeah, um, I'm in a... And then let's call it an industrial, uh, a training video on uh, Title IX, and, which is basically uh, inappropriate behavior, mm-hmm. sexual ra- on on college campuses. And yeah, so those glasses are my professorial learned, yeah. you know, glasses where I'm reprimanding, you know, the student who thinks he's funny and being cute, but he's actually uh, harassing this girl and it's not appropriate. And it's one of those things where, for the training purposes, we see the scenario where the teacher does nothing, and then we have a rewind, and then the teacher yeah, the teacher has to address how the teacher should address. Where my gut instinct was to yell at him, and they said, yeah, I know you want to kill the guy, but you have to be more professional, which is what the director uh, was telling me. He said, no, your instincts are right. I'd kill him too, but. <laughs> Uh, the funny part was a very good-looking guy, but he's also six three. Uh, so the the harassee and I had to stand on what we call apple boxes. Yeah, uh, which are wooden boxes that
0: make you look taller. Yeah. In the days of Audie Although Murphy, you they were called. You don't, you don't. I'm not a short guy. No, you're about my height. I'm a, I'm I'm like I'm six two. You you and I are about the same height. So you you don't ordinarily need an apple box. No. Uh, but this guy.
1: It looked like Marty McFly and Biff Tannen having their first encounter. He
0: needed the Apple box.
1: No, no, I needed the Apple box because oh. he was, you know, he was much taller.
0: Oh, okay. I, now, now I see it. Now, I see um, it.
1: Because I'm, you know, he was so he pro- like, probably slightly taller than you. He's like
0: Stretch Cunningham.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, uh, you know, all respects to James Cromwell, uh, a very good looking. Yeah. He wasn't. Um, I'm just thinking in terms of yeah, height, in terms yeah. of height
0: di- differential, yeah.
1: Which I think the casting was, you know, when you have somebody who's gonna be the villain, yeah. you know, for all practical for to simplify, to have some, you know, that who who was very good looking, broad shoulders, somebody and it was funny because he, he was telling me he always plays the good guy, he always plays the hero, so he was enjoying the fact that he could sure. be a bad guy. Absolutely. But uh the young lady in the scene, it looked weird. She had to stand on uh what we would call a half apple. So a full apple would be maybe half a foot. Mm-hmm. Uh, a very solid wooden box that uh, you could stand on, and so they had to set that up. Uh, when I'm uh, lecturing to the class, that's one thing. When I step up to the guy, yeah, they have to put boxes on me, you know, under me, so I I did not look like Marty McFly confronting Biff Tannen, yes. which is a great visual in Back to the Future, but it does not work because then all you're going to see is the difference in height. Yes. But then, you know, they did that. And then they also had to put Apple boxes underneath the dry erase board. And because, yeah, so it's like all of a sudden I'm taller than the dry erase board and, 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 and everything else. So I, I've i done that. That's, you know, it's an interesting experience. But yeah, but the glasses, you know, definitely, I think, sold me as the, the teacher. And I was like the casual teacher. But yeah, it was also fun for uh, to work with this guy who was really looking forward to playing a villain, uh, so to speak. But it turned out he was very good to be that creepy student, yeah.
0: <laughs> Childotelevision.blogspot.com, also StorySalon.com, facebook.com forward slash salon. Plus, you can enjoy the new This Week in TV History podcast with Tony Figueroa wherever you find podcasts. Martha Bolton will join us. We come back, Martha Bolton, the first female writer hired by Bob Hope. Then we'll play part two of our conversation with Jay Mariarty, writer and producer of *The Jeffersons*. All that and more coming up. We come back for hour number two of TV Confidential. Stay with us. 800-917-2194 800-917-2194 800-917-2194 That's 800-917-2194 This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty Group, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer are looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California. Call 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program or have an idea for a future edition of GE Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk